Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing episode 9 of the show titled The Well-Tempered Cla- uh, Clavier. It's not yeah. Clavier, though, according to Merriam-Webster. I said Clavier because I'm from Michigan. Clavier. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The Merriam- I'm going to leave this in. The Merriam-Webster says Clavier. 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 That sounds like the wrong way to say it. I know. I thought it was Clavier. I even corrected Nicole last night, and then I checked it on Merriam-Webster today, and it says Clavier. Clavier. Yeah. The well-tempered well, Clavier. Well, how about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I was watching a show where some somebody called Paella Paella, <laughs> and then somebody corrected them and said, it's actually Paella, and he's like, what, are we all trying to sound his sound Latino? And, so, and I'm, I'm, I was kind of like, that's the word, though. <laughs> like, that's how you say that it. Is, that is the pronunciation of that word. That's funny. Um. Yeah, so uh, we will be discussing episode nine of the show titled The Well-Tempered Clavier. We will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the show, but we will be spoiling everything through episode nine of the series, so please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. Can't do it. <laughs> I got to power through it. Yeah, can't do it. Uh, you can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Uh, send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. Uh, there's no feedback this week. What? Yeah. You guys kind of fell down on the job, but I'm okay with it because we're going to talk a lot anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's okay. We still love you. Um, but this is your weekly reminder to please go and rate and review us on whatever uh, service you are subscribed to us on, uh, preferably iTunes, because that way a lot more people will see us when we get good reviews from you guys. So please, right now we have zero. We need more than that. And we would like to hear what you think of our show. So please go give us five stars. And then you can actually comment on what, what you really think about the show. But give us five stars anyway. Clavier. The more I look at it, the more I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to work with a guy whose last name was was spelled the same way and he pronounced it Clavier. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I wonder what the rules are for surnames. Like, I are didn't. they wrong? Well, but like Stephen Colbert does Colbert or Colbert. Yeah, that's true. You know? So. I guess if it's your name, you can kind of own it. And yeah. Say, no, no, yeah, no. I had a teacher in high school whose name was Fedor, but he had some people in the family that would call him. They would do Fader or they would do Fedor. Mm. So, I don't know. Anyway. Yes, The Well-Tempered Clavier, which is apparently a collection of works by Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach. Uh, and the idea of something being well-tempered, I think, means that it's in a key that makes it sound like any key is okay when you're playing like is do you, do you know more than that than I do uh no I don't think so yeah well well tempered is is a certain kind of tuning for an instrument uh, or refers to a kind of tuning for an instrument so I took the title quite literally and just was thinking it it I was thinking of the clavier being the metaphor for for the host. Kind yeah, of like he keeps talking about the he keeps referring to them as pianos and yep. the player piano. We kind yep. of talked about that before, and just thinking of just a, a good a good natured a well tempered yeah person. I yeah. just kind of thought it was kind of ironic considering. Well, he has that episode. line later in the episode where he says the piano does not kill the the player the player yeah. for the music that they're mm-hmm. playing. So you know. Yeah, it's but, funny that's such a specific saying or such a specific. It can be taken two ways. Yeah, if you choose to. Yeah, it's a cool title. It's actually probably my favorite title. It's the most intriguing title to me of all the episode titles. Yeah, it was the one that I saw on the horizon. I was like, that's a cool name. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Uh, so I think we can get right into the episode recap. I did break things up again, and I even tried to parse through the intercutting at the end of the episode and put that into individual storylines as well. So uh, basically, we can start off with the non-sequitur moment of the episode. Uh, Stubbs get ambushed by the Ghost Nation natives while investigating a signal from Elsie's behavior tablet in the middle of the park. Uh, what do you think is going on there? I've heard a few different theories. I'm not sure because the Ghost Nation... I think it's cool that they're coming around again and they weren't just introduced to be a mechanic kind of in the uh, William era. Yeah. By the way, there are multiple timelines in the show. <laughs> it's 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 confirmed. There's no there's let, no ifs, ands, or buts. Let that about sink in. Yeah. For a second. Yep. Uh, I think that's cool that they're that they are they have a part to play. Yeah. In the present. Uh, I don't remember. Were they among the rogues gallery that Sizemore had assembled for his Red River adventure? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think remember. so. I know there were no. like some generic looking yeah, cause, savages. Quote no, because those are the, like the I, I think as we said before, Ford ended up using those guys to help work on digging up. The, oh, yeah, that's right. Digging up the, the old. Just became laborers. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's all he found there used to be. But yeah, that's uh I don't really know. I guess so. The only problem with our new format, I guess, it's not a new new format anymore. Is my notes don't make any sense to me anymore because I write them <laughs> chronologically. I'm sorry. So I have to. No, no, it's okay. I didn't have any notes last week, which is maybe why we have no feedback because uh, <laughs> there was nothing to talk about except for <laughs> Sylvester's side eye gifts. Yeah. Um, but this week I actually have just a lot of things. There was one thing I wrote during that scene. Oh, I, I think I just wrote like who who is masterminding all this stuff because there's a lot yes. going on and i think that i drew the conclusion that whoever is working with the bicameral mine whoever's smuggling data whoever is in control of these hosts that have gone awry for some reason i keep thinking they're all the same person but they probably are many different parties and i think we can kind of parse that out i, I guess the other thing is that, that we should say about that scene that uh ashley can't command the people the ghost nation people for some reason he doesn't have that clearance or whatever is required to control them right which is weird but um uh and okay let me let me cut to what some of the theories out there are some people think that it's ford trying to get ashley out of the picture which is possible other people think Elsie somehow survived and escaped and is now luring Stubbs out to pull him in and be like, hey, there's some serious crap going on, which I like, I'm I like that. I like that, too. I'm a big fan of it, especially since he was tipped off to burn Bernard's wiping in the last episode mm-hmm. um, after he realized that he that Bernard didn't remember having a relationship with Teresa anymore. Yeah. So I think I, I would like that. I don't know if that's true or not. It uh, seems like Elsie died. <laughs> it does, but we still haven't seen death. We haven't seen that whole situation. We haven't seen her body. Yeah, in general, the show doesn't really shy away from showing you who gets killed. So yes. it's a little, I hate to be like, don't. There's don't, no body. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to feel yeah. kind of dumb. I feel like, oh, dude, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's dead. Come that's on. Like, that, seriously? That's the uh, the 24 thing of like, oh, there wasn't a silent clock afterwards, so they're not really dead. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, we even get that. And and there is some evidence to support that theory in in this episode. We kind of find out that this Bernard has done this more than once. Bernard is continually discovering the truth about himself and being wiped. Yes. So I think 
there things go wrong in Westworld a lot more often than we think they do. Yeah. And Ford doesn't have necessarily the absolute control. He he has control, I guess, but he's not he's, he's seemingly not, he's not can, infallible. He seemingly can cover it up, right. but it happens more often than we think it does. So maybe as Bernard is looking in the mirror cuz he's very he's very purposefully they show us looking at himself in the mirror as he's choking Elsie out maybe something about seeing that sight and connecting himself to her will make him kind of freak out for a second hmm. or or become override his programming you know maybe. what i mean yeah something about him looking into the mirror and, and just watching himself do it it felt very intentional yeah that's possible other, other than just having us be able to see <laughs> that he knows what he did yeah but he, he wouldn't need to see himself in a mirror doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could recall his memory and remember going and doing it. So maybe that's maybe that's what happens after that moment. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe she's I don't dead. know. She could totally be dead. It's possible. Uh, but the other thing that you were saying about who's masterminding everything, I think we've got at least two players in this game. And one of them is Ford and the other one is the board. Because the board is pretty clear. Like we've seen Charlotte trying to like she's enlisting Sizemore to smuggle data out of the park and she even refers in this episode to the man in black that oh we need to get this data out of here she says she has a line about it she calls it our data doesn't she yeah yeah so the board is like this is ours it's their property yeah so i think they're one set of players they're dealing with the fact that the um the data needs to get smuggled then there's also Ford, who's clearly orchestrating something with the whole Wyatt storyline. But there's a murky ground here where my my question here is that Elsie was Elsie was discovering who was using the bicameral mind system to like make the hosts go like become sentient essentially, or like she she discovers that somebody was using the bicameral mind system. One of them was Cullen who was using it to command the woodcutter to go and beam the info out. Yes. But the other one was somebody using Arnold's login credentials. And so the am I, like the the dots that I have right now seem to make me think that Ford was the one doing it because he sent Arnold to kill Elsie. Bernard. Bernard. Yeah, I'm sorry. Same I'm difference. sorry. Bernard and Arnold are literally merged in my mind. Like they, <laughs> they yeah. But, um, so yes, Ford sent Bernard to kill Elsie is the dots that I have available to me now, or that's what, that's what it is. So it seems weird to me that Ford would be the one using Arnold's login to then do all this bicameral mind stuff. But that doesn't make sense to me. We also have a scene where, where young Ford kills Jack and Ford seems surprised by this. Or at least is taken aback by it. And some people are saying, well, maybe that's because he didn't think that using the bicameral mind system, he would then cause him his younger self to then perpetrate this kind of terrible murder of Jack. But Right. So I don't know. It does seem clear that Bernard was directed to kill Elsie by yeah. Ford. I'm trying to think if, if Bernard were... Yeah, I mean, I guess there aren't, there isn't really another candidate because Bernard wouldn't be doing that on, of his own accord. But part part of me is kind of wondering if if there is some level of 
Arnold's just working through his hosts that he created. Unless somebody else in the organization is a host that we don't know yet and a host that was created by Arnold, which seems impossible because Ford would know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough because he's not he's definitely not working through Bernard because Ford made Bernard. Yeah. As much as Bernard didn't believe him and we are all kind of like, yeah, if we've been almost conditioned at this point to say like Ford's kind of a chump. See, but part part of me like Bernard says to Ford that some of his most elegant parts were created by Arnold. And that to me is is him speaking about the code. Right. So right. The fact that Arnold's code lives throughout everybody is making me wonder if there's some kind of like collective hive mind that past Arnold has crazily set up this elegant set of dominoes that are now falling. It could be. But and and it could be that Bernard was even under Arnold's directive yeah. to go and do that and maybe he kills or incapacitates Elsie to protect that. Right. Yeah. It's like a because she made him aware like i'm investigating this and and you won't believe but she, but if she was like it's Arn, it is arnold i don't know it's ford knows about it though either way because when arnold says elsie and ford's like i told you man don't go digging yeah don't you know you yeah know. yeah so i don't know it's a it's a fun it's one of the only mysteries left yeah it feels like yeah. at least it, it, there are obviously plenty of questions but this is one of the things that is being very intentionally drawn out to the 10th episode so mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what uh, what all's going on. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think we can move on to Maeve here. Uh, we open the episode with Maeve reminding Bernard that he's a host, and she's able to control Bernard. She can freeze him. Yep. And then to me, it was unclear if she actually commands him to do to release her, or if he does it of his own will. She says later in the episode to Hector. That she wants Hector to come around of his own will. Yeah. So I don't know if she like commanded Bernard to do it or not. The way that she words it, it almost sounds like a command. But but it could be, yeah, it, it could be taken either way for yeah. sure. And I, I would see Bernard being able to be like, oh, I need to go and talk with Ford. Yeah. And like being like, okay, do Yeah, we know, we definitely know Bernard's personality. He would want to get to the bottom of it. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Maeve persuades Hector into helping her escape from the park, which, uh, you know, they have sex and then they burn the tent while they're in it. And that's pretty much where we leave them at the episode. We don't see anything past that. Yeah. So. So they do that to like reboot base or to, to die and then to we die wake and up in the get into Westworld HQ. Right. Essentially. I gotta wonder who's finding these bodies and not like questioning what are they? What was why going on? Why she here? died a thousand yeah. times? In why 10 is days. she? Why did she burn the tent down yeah. with him and her in it? You know what? Yeah, exactly. I mean that. Could, that I mean burning a tent down could be like, you know, a bit of a oh that happened. That's a freak accident. I don't Maybe. know. It's don't interesting. Know. Maybe the hosts have a clumsy parameter that they can <laughs> knock stuff over with or something. <laughs> But uh, I wanted to know uh, when I had the subtitles on for my note-taking run that I watched, one of uh, Hector's crew, his name is Tenderloin. Tenderloin. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> He's credited as Tenderloin. So uh, I thought that was pretty good and that everybody should should know that. But um, yeah, I don't know that there's a whole lot more to talk about with Maeve. Oh, the, that scene, all the, the fire felt very... Doesn't she say something about hell? Getting to hell is easy or something? Yes. And they kind of go up in flames. Yep. And 
there was something there, some kind of visual metaphor that was kind yeah. of cool. I was wondering if is he? It seems she's kind of kind of got this demonic air about her, almost like he's he's making a deal with the devil. Sort yep. of was how it felt. Yep, which is interesting because I think that it's been portrayed in fiction before that the devil could come as a as a seductive woman. Sort well, of thing. yeah. And it should be noted later on, Teddy says that when he was helping Wyatt, that he felt like he was being controlled by the devil. Yeah. Some people are taking that as maybe somebody, maybe a host gained the ability to control other hosts at that point. I would say Dolores probably did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, anything else about Maeve? That scene with Bernard was really good. I think, is that the first time we're seeing... Tandy Newton and and uh, Jeffrey Wright together. Well, well other, other than the, the flashback, di- the diagnostic right? scene. Yeah. By the way, I think that him him resembling being a carbon copy of Arnold basically is what triggered her to freak out and kill herself. Uh, yeah, yeah, because she does glance at him as we noted, and then just immediately stabbed herself in the neck. Uh-huh. And Ford even has a line later where he's like, "You don't want them to remember you. Like yeah. you tortured them." Yeah. Well, in Abernathy, in the first episode, he talks about how he wanted to meet his maker. Mm -hmm. And then Ford says, well, you have. You're in luck or whatever. And then he's like, Abernathy makes it a point to say that he wants to ruin both of them. Mm -hmm. So clearly the hosts do know Arnold. Yeah. And despite, maybe despite Arnold's best intentions, I don't even know if they could necessarily be called that, but he, he does not. He does not do the hosts any favors. No. No. And uh, I saw something to that effect on Reddit. Somebody was saying something like, uh, just because you, you can you can make them sentient and remember and give them lives, does that mean you should? Or like it's even a good idea or an act of mercy kind of thing? And it is an interesting question because yeah. it, it's frequently presented as this this wondrous gift. And I think even Maeve is kind of like, man, this sucks. Like I would rather not. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the, the old a, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Just because he can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and even and even Ford, Ford acknowledges and says several times that they are the ones that are free because they are, they've given this existence. They don't need to know the bad things that have happened to them. Yeah, we, Mem- can, we can help them forget. Yes, memory is not necessarily a gift however at the same time it seems that they're all built around a backstory and and ford ford notes that most like arnold believed that sad or painful backstories were the most effective it makes them so relatable the, and makes them makes them real so the idea that you can help them forget the the terrible things that are happening to them now but yet you build into them a story where they are experiencing pain or they experience pain because of it you know that it feels kind of two-faced or kind of double-sided. It's true. It, it it's a little um it's a little you know ske- sketchy, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I guess there's varying degrees of sadness and 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 painful pasts. Yeah. But it's interesting. I mean, so it, I don't know. It's it's a fun it's a fun question to kind of turn over. Totally. Totally. All right, I think that's it for Mave. Uh, unless you have any other thoughts. I don't like Maeve anymore. She's really sk- starting to freak me she's out. Terrifying. Like she's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> she's she's up to no good. Yeah. Well, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
She, well, she's losing sympathy somehow. Like, she doesn't feel, excuse me, as sympathetic of a character to me anymore. I think it's also largely, initially she seemed to sort of pity the hosts. Yeah. And now she's doing what she thinks is right and is good, but really she's just angry. And she's using hosts now as puppets to yeah. help her achieve her objective, which is, she's Ultron, basically. Mm-hmm. She just wants to get rid of humans because she thinks it'll make the world better. And that because she thinks hosts are better than humans inherently. Yeah. Whereas she's not doing anything real friendly now, is she? No, it <laughs> makes her so much better. Yeah. The the her logic that she uses to convince Hector is is very interesting. It is very much you can see her bulk at perception is at twenty because she knows <laughs> the right strings to pull in order to kind of force him over to her side essentially yeah which i i think it was that was cool her knowledge of his backstory and all that stuff she uses it much like the man in black uses it against teddy she uses it against hector which is awesome all right uh the man in black we uh essentially it boils down to teddy gets killed and the man in black gets knocked out uh which uh you know poor teddy Teddy. once again (laughs) um Angela has the the note to Teddy that he's not ready to fight alongside Wyatt yet, but maybe in the next life. Weirdly self-aware for a host to be like, I'm going to kill you because I know you're going to come back, kind of. Yeah, it clearly shows that a lot of them are, they've progressed a lot further than we think. Yeah. And who knows how many more are in there that are sentient or off the grid because you would think that something about her would come across as an anomaly and even Wyatt's whole band... Well, but the thing is, is that it, like this whole Wyatt thing is supposedly by Ford's, like Ford is making this. So it's like she, I guess the whole, like that whole story, if it is commenting on the past of the park is meta in a different way. But, yeah. but to have her kind of seemingly aware of the idea that she can kill him and he'll come back, you know. And she knows his memories and she knows how to trigger them. Yeah. Well, that's the, I guess that's the one thing is that she, she knows that. He killed her mm-hmm. in the initial massacre 35 years ago, which is very strange. Like it doesn't, uh, so that does suggest that she is sentient. She does have the reverie. She is recalling her past builds and what's happened with them. Yeah. Either that or Ford. That's part of the storyline. Yeah. Ford's given it to seems her. It's, like, seems it's, like a gamble. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, they, it, could be, it could be though that Maeve, Perhaps Maeve is not as special as we think or as unique as we think. Maybe there are other hosts that have achieved a level of sentience. Uh, We also learn uh, they refer to Escalante as the city swallowed by sand, which is pretty cool. Yeah. William knows that he's been there before because he was there when it was swallowed by sand, as we saw last week. Well, did you call the man in black? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Jumping ahead there. (laughs) But... uh, the Man in Black notes that he has been to the city swallowed by sand before, and we know that William has been there previously as well. We do. So connect those dots, if you will. Uh, that that's the only part that's maybe not a hundred percent yet, but yeah, it's um, it's, it seems it seems like the ship's steering that way. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the only other scene with the Man in Black, we get to see Charlotte uh, getting the Man in Black's consent to oust Ford. Um, the, the, <laughs> not even consent just 
He's like, I don't care. Ambivalence, yeah. <laughs> uh, the man in black wakes up at, at, in, in Angela's game as he has a noose around his neck and a horse tied to it. A horse that is easily spooked, apparently. Yeah. That was quite a sick game. That was pretty cool. I, I really liked... We know, a lot, we know a lot about the man in black now, I think... And we we still there's still a ton we don't know about him, but we do we do have an idea kind of who he is, and we know he's important on the outside world, and we do know that he's he's a man of means, and and that he is he's that he is that man that gets whatever he wants. Yep. But it was really cool to see somebody from the outside talking to him directly, and it helped it helped his costume and his look and everything pop so much. Like that was one of my favorite parts of the episode, just watching the two of them talk. Yeah, because she's like spotless. She's, you know, well dressed and, and clean yeah. and he's just dirty and just like cut a noose off his neck. And he's in the shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it looked really cool. It was just he he stood out as much as she did. And mm-hmm. it like was just really, really fun. I was dying waiting for him to for her to say a name. He calls her Charlotte several times. I right. think. Right. And she does not call him anything, which I which I found interesting. Yeah. So I wonder who. Who he is. I mean, who he is in in regards to the board? Is he is he the major? Is he the the big guy on the board, or are they all equal partners? You know what I mean. I would think that with a board like that, I would think it's typically an equal partner. And she's situation. she's actually a full fledged board member. That's what it seems like, yeah, because she's obviously pulling the strings to oust Ford on behalf of. Have you read this theory that she's Charlie? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I don't like that. I don't know. I the, so that some people are thinking that Charlotte is actually Arnold's daughter. For those of you listening that don't that aren't uh, in the shit as we are, um, but it doesn't make sense to me. I don't. I don't see the thematic significance to making her Arnold's daughter, unless she's way more involved in what's going on in the park than we know she is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the point would be. Yeah. Unless she wants to oust Ford because she thinks he had something to do with Arnold's death. But yeah. she would also need to be a lot older than she appears to be. Yeah. Unless she just has aged spectacularly. Like, yeah. Arnold got his wife pregnant. Well, no. Yeah, she'd need to be like, I don't know. I guess she could be. No, she's certainly not 40. I'd well, give her maybe 35. I think the presumption then would be that Arnold's shares of the board reverted to her. Yeah. And that's why she's such a young board member. It kind of fits. That tracks a little bit, but that the problem is there that if she was born when Arnold was alive over 35 years ago, she needs to be older than 35, you know? Yeah. Maybe she's like 37, I guess, but she's... Unless we don't know a lot necessarily either about human lifespan in the timeline that this show takes yeah. place, you know? Yeah. I mean, fuck, Colin could have been like 80. We, yeah. don't, we don't really know. Yeah. Stubbs is like 102. <laughs> Stubbs yeah. is pretty seasoned. He's seen some shit. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I don't... I initially kind of recoiled from that idea because I liked... I liked thinking Arnold was the kind of solitary mad scientist who f- didn't care for humans and only cared about his hosts. Yeah. And now we've kind of gotten some notes that Arnold... Arnold, well, Arnold was mad. Arnold did go mad. I mean, it seems like... It seems kind of like something that Ford has been saying repeatedly just as a way of like making himself look like he was the better one, the more successful one, the one with the level head. But it it sounds like that kind of is what happened. Like Arnold really lost himself in the park 
And well, I think the thing is that Ford just had the foresight to know that, like he's seen Terminator, he knows what happens. Like, but Arnold was so obsessed with the idea. I wouldn't necessarily call him mad because it's not necessarily like Arnold was the one killing people left and right. And it seems that Ford kind of yeah, but madness doesn't necessarily lead to murder. That's true. You could lose yourself into you know. Yeah, you could close in on yourself and shut out the world. And Especially if he like wanted to die by Dolores's hands in order to illustrate a point. In or the something. ultimate test, yeah. yeah. I, it's. I think that we have we as viewers have a very interesting relationship with Ford, where we don't necessarily believe anything he says sometimes, yeah. or we think that everyone has an agenda and he it's all everything he's saying every and every scene is some machination that he's got going on but i think he tells the truth a lot more than we realize like even bernard didn't believe you know he's saying i built you yeah and while it's true that the some of the code that makes him up he seemed bernard seems to believe that arnold made him entirely yeah no yeah i and don't that's I not don't the argue. case yeah. ford clearly slaved over him yep. and was very excited to bring him into the world so i don't know ford's in, ford continues to be just the bomb yep absolutely uh anything else on the man in black at this point he's man he's he's also the bomb i guess the other thing that we do learn there is that the board thinks that people don't care about these overarching storylines the board is of the mind that these people just like the people visiting the park just want to kill and have sex with and live their own live lives that they don't lead in the normal life kind of thing right they want escapism yeah they want escapism but they don't necessarily want like thematic storylines they want transformers not the lobster (laughs) yes transformers (laughs) four so that i i think that was interesting just to kind of not not that we didn't necessarily know that before but to have her say it in such plain words of like i guess a better example would have been transformers four and not snowpiercer yeah, that's yeah. But they're kind of right. I mean that I think that that sort of business logic is very sound. You know, I to- I think I think the two can be can be married, you know, see your Star Wars episode 7s, that type of thing where you can tell people a story that they'll enjoy and and it's not it's not just pure. I guess maybe that's a bad example. You know what I'm saying though. No, I, I know make, what you're saying. You can and make I, like a, a blockbuster that has a lot of of intellectual appeal as well and appeals to more than just your base instincts. Yeah. And and we do see those characters throughout. The, you know, we get those knuckleheads like that guy with his wife who's like, oh, I killed the bad guy. And like, there they are. Those yeah. are the people that aren't going to see Snowpiercer. But <laughs> you do have the ones like William, for example. And William's kind of gone off the deep end as well. But who who engage on with a story on a, on a more meaningful level. Even yeah. the man in black or maybe they're the same guy. And so thus further illustrating the point. Uh, well, I th- yeah, and I think the main thing is, like, even if we, we've made comments about how this, the uh, narrative discussions of this show are kind of reflecting in the movie making business of, like, okay, so the board must be the movie studio and Ford is the auteur kind of thing, where Ford's interested in telling specific handcrafted stories, but the board just wants to make the money. Right. Like that, all of that jives very well together so i think that absolutely is present there yeah and i it, it makes sense it's hard to disagree with the board they want to protect their investment and yeah. make money but at the same time it's tough because it seems like when something is successful for a long enough time 
there will inevitably be people that are that come to power that think they can do it better and yep. think like oh it's not enough let's do better i want to grow this and then it loses what it was right you know that kind of thing yeah totally it's interesting uh happy birthday to ed harris uh when's bel- his birthday his birthday's today it is december or november 28th i believe that's awesome uh he's 66 from what i read <clears throat> so that's very cool thanks for listening ed um <laughs> what do you want <laughs> any other thoughts on the man in black and his adventures this episode uh i don't think so i think his uh his final scene in the episode is pretty cool yes yeah and we'll get to that we will get to that okay uh so next up i wanted to talk about dolores and william uh, we start off the episode with Logan having William and Dolores captive in a Confederado camp. And then Logan reveals that Dolores has mechanical innards. Um, Logan seemingly tries to patch things up with William, but then William dismantles all the hosts and demands Logan's help in finding Dolores. Uh, and then that last point, I'll get to that in a little bit. So the Will- the William and Logan stuff this episode. Um we did get a glimpse of a picture of Juliet, which is actually the photo that Peter Abernathy, Abernathy finds, finds yeah. in, the, in the pilot. So that's interesting. Um, don't quite know how it ends up over by his ranch as of yet. Some people are wondering if uh, it gets left there by William or if the man in black drops it off there, if they are the same person in that, in that time frame. But uh, it seemed to have been there for a while. But I guess well, that's the thing. I mean, if the picture is 30, 30 years, years old, regardless, you know, who knows? That's true. And and, and it's seen, uh, the, the thing that comes up to me is like, why would Abernathy notice it this time? You know, but uh, so, yeah. What did, what did you think about the Logan and Williams stuff in this episode? I think this episode. I don't know. It's the first thing I thought of when you were recapping. I saw a comment online that said somebody was talking about like the things that happened in this episode. And they said, Dolores, you know, we saw Dolores get cut open and we saw yep. her innards. And someone replied and said, Dolores is a host confirmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is true. Yep. I think this episode kind of put me in in the shoes of Logan a little bit more than he has been previously. Because previously he's just been kind of a dick. Yeah. But... I think once we get the connection to his sister and I think he does I think he does genuinely care about his sister and I think he in in his own way does care about William even though he keeps calling him Billy even though he didn't ask him to yeah or asked him not to cuz he's I think he I think he is a little genuinely I think he's he's he is relieved when William says you're right like I cuz I mean, from Logan's perspective, they came there to have to have a bachelor party, basically, yep. and to slash investigate the park because yeah. we might we might invest. invest in it or save it, bail it out. And I think he is kind of looking at it like these these are these are sex bots. Yep. And he he's probably a little pissed that his his future brother in law is like falling in love with a with a robot with a blender, basically, <laughs> instead of his sister. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It, it kind of, for some reason with this episode, it, it, it kind of clicked a little more that I was like, you know, William's kind of in the right. Or I'm sorry, Logan, Logan. is kind of in the yeah. right. 
is he kind of a body dickhead? Yeah. And he clearly was, he's that friend that's going to take you somewhere you really don't want to go because he thinks it'll be good for you. And then you have a bad time and he gets pissed at you, even though you told him, <laughs> like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was cool. I yeah. was like, okay, I'm kind of coming around on Logan again. And, and Ben Barnes is really funny in this episode. There were a couple of moments that he kind of cracked me up that yep. he was, uh, he was pretty entertaining, but he is still a little gross. He's a little skeevy. And, and, and now at this point in the series, I'm almost more afraid of the hosts than I used to be. So that's probably clouding my judgment a little bit as well. Yeah. I'm kind of back in the pro human camp again <laughs> because I am one. <laughs> and William William's pretty pretty kind of creepy in the end in this episode. It was a cool scene. Yeah, him this, dismantling th- all the hosts and Logan wakes up to see all of that. Yeah. It was it was really effectively done. I think that this is probably the best evidence anyone's gonna have all along that he's the man in black because he definitely kind of had that turn. Yeah, he seemed a little detached from the whole thing, and we know the million the man in black has mentioned taking them apart and looking at their insides a million before little, m- million perfect little pieces pieces that he said. Yeah, and he hasn't really seen those to date. And when he sees yeah. the inside of Dolores, it may just a switch may flip in his head, and he may simultaneously be fascinated by them on a level that he wasn't before. Now that he's he's kind of had his his moment of, you know, his his epiphany. Yeah. He might be wanting to track Dolores down to figure out why she is different. She's different yeah. So maybe it's not even a pursuit of love anymore so much as like, I have to know like what, what the shit is going on here and why did it affect me so hard? Um, he did dismember most of them, which is pretty weird. He could have just killed them, but it seems like he's looking for something or he's really yeah. inspecting he was them. pulling them apart limb by limb, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's some psycho shit. So this is probably your your... Here, here he is. Here's the man in black yeah. that everybody's been waiting for. Yep. For some reason, I still want to think it's Logan just because people have been have been calling this since episode like two or three that yeah. they think he's the man in black. And I want I want to be wrong about something because it feels like we've and I'm not That's tooting kind of what I was saying last week about how I, I hope I hope <clears throat> the multiple timeline thing isn't true because I feel like it, it almost felt like we took everything hook, line and sinker. Yes. Like we we we're paying such close attention to this that we part of us wants to be like we are thinking what they want us to think, and I think that's what a lot of the deniers out there think or thought was that you guys are taking all of this evidence and they've put it there for a reason, and then the basically the the different sides of that argument where they put it there for a reason because this is what it is, and then the other people are like they put it here for this reason because they want you to think that's what it is. And that in of itself, it, congratulations <laughs> it's to awesome. them because you're <laughs> making us argue and you're making us question the nature of our reality, so to speak. Yep. But I think there are some things in the show that are just obvious. It seemed very very apparent early on that there were different timelines. I thought so. And obviously like you said, yeah. there are a lot of people denying it, but I think our instincts for a lot of this stuff are pretty good and yeah. we've done a fair amount of research and been rewatching certainly. So yeah. I guess it depends on how you're watching the show. But anyway, totally. I would love I would love for that to be the the bait and switch. Everyone has all along has been really thinking it's William and it would be cool if it was Logan. Yeah. I would love to try and find somebody who's been watching but not 
on Reddit and listening to podcasts. Just casually. Just to just to understand what they think. If they got totally bucked off the horse last night and was like, what the hell is going on in this show? Oh, the, I saw people in the in some of the comments on Reddit. They were like, oh my God, all these theories are right. Like, your yeah. minds were blown. And I was like, guys. So, so, And that makes me wonder, what does somebody who had no idea about any of these theories even think <laughs> about what happened in front of them last night? Yeah. But uh, I did want to note uh, when Dolores starts running away from Logan after being cut up by him, uh, she runs the night with people screaming at her and the bicameral mind says her bicameral mind says remember to her. But then we cut to the same shot of her laying in the ground with no people yelling after her and she doesn't have the cut in her stomach. So once again, very solid evidence at the multiple timeline theory. So last yeah, yeah, proof. It's not. It's not evidence anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Whatever. Well, okay. We'll wait a week before we before we talk <laughs> about how we're right. Uh, so when we saw Dolores in, I'm gonna call it present day when yep. she's fleeing the house. Yes. And then we see her stumble into William and Logan's camp. Yes. Um. When when she fled the scene at the house, was she wearing the white shirt? No. Okay, so she's she's wearing the blue dress in all three time periods up until she gets to Pariah. Right. Pariah oh, and meeting El Lazo is when she switches into that dress. Right. Into the into the button down shirt and So we think at some point we didn't see it, but she switches into that outfit. She hops on the train without William and and uh Without William and Lawrence, yeah. And Lawrence. And she's following the same sort she's, of script. Yep. She just says, yeah, because we do see the scene of her in that train with them not on the, right. the places where they were God, sitting. That was sneaky. Yep. That was so, so that was so quick. Same with her standing on the bank of the river and looking in the distance. And it yes. was so quick. And yes. when he's not there, I, well, there's 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 several little spots like that. The part where they are about to head into Pariah, and she is standing in the graves alone. And then it cuts to a shot of her up close and it swings around her to the side and William is there. Yeah, and also when she's walking by the parade and she sees herself, yep. she's remembering. She's remembering that she was in that parade before. They're all over the place. These li- Any scene that has Dolores in it has had at least one, if not two other timelines in it. So that's awesome. Like you can go back to episode one, even in episode one, the this this series opens on Arnold talking with Dolores. Yeah, like there's no doubt in my mind about that. And so, not only is that happening, but then you're also seeing present day Man in Black intruding on her and Teddy. There's been evidence of this all the way since the beginning. Definitely, which is. It's That's great. why I'm glad that there's multiple timelines because a it's awesome yeah and b it's like well done it's like, geniusly it's, constructed it's a well you made an awesome cake instead of a pie like you have all these layers of flavor and and texture to dive through it's quite of, a parfait instead of like a a trisket <laughs> that those have layers too though kind of well never, never mind <laughs> even if it only had one layer or one timeline it would still be delicious so it's not a trisket that's they, fair they are good though yeah they are. But uh, yeah, some send in your feedback. What's a flat, simple food that is still <laughs> delicious, but like a pancake? <laughs> there we go. A pancake with no syrup. Yes, no just a pancake straight no off thing, the griddle. Yeah. Yep. Perfectly bronzed. Yes. Uh, any like other Ed Logan Harris. and Williams stuff before I get to this last bit about Dolores? Mm. So the knife. 
Yeah, the knife the knife that Logan uses to cut open Dolores seemingly must be the man in black. It is so yeah, in my notes I have the knife. Or just a sentence, the knife, and then what happens here stays here, said he swallowed by sand. And then like later, the knife with an exclamation point. <laughs> because it comes it comes back around when William's got it. Yep. And I was like, Okay, so is this William taking up the knife and becoming the man in black? Yeah, and I guess that's the thing that makes me wonder, like, is the man in black so important that he can like sequester all, like it's not like what is William important? Like, is that knife the same knife, or is it just the knife that everybody gets in Westworld? Or is it the style of knife that he prefers? He seems yeah. to really take to that. He seems like he probably has his own locker somewhere. <laughs> that's just like it's, that's possible. Here's yeah. my shit. Will, uh, Logan gets a picture in. Although I guess we haven't really talked about that in the show yet. But the idea that you can't bring anything into the park that would disturb the hosts. Ah. Uh, and that way, somehow Logan gets that in. So clearly, they might have some kind of special privileges, or maybe Logan just snuck it in. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, there, there's a shot in Future World where somebody from Japan sneaks a camera in, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, yeah, the knife for sure. Yeah, I put I, in my notes. I put Logan uses quote in all caps the knife to cut open Dolores is mm-hmm. what I wrote. So. Yeah, the knife almost becomes like this tool of sort of it's it's almost like the the magic wand that reveals the spell sort of it's yeah. it becomes more than just a knife and is the God, I'm such a loss for words sometimes it really sucks. In my mind what I'm going to say is great. Yeah. But I can't get it up. Well, and then there's that quote later on by um by Ford where when he's talking uh to Arnold, Arnold asks him what he, or Bernard asks him what it is. He says, you are the perfect instrument, the ideal partner, the way any tool partners with the hand that it wields. Yeah. There Very you similar go. to the knife in, in William William's hands. So Yeah, it's just, I think it's neat that it becomes a not so much a, a weapon or an instrument of destruction, but it, it reveals answers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. Absolutely. So I hope it is the knife. Yeah. The same knife. Uh, he uses it to chop his, uh, his rope. <laughs> Does she use his knife to kill Teddy? Seems that way. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Man, that knife has gutted a lot of hosts, I'll bet. Yes, it has. Uh, then finally, in, in the Dolores stuff, she learns that she killed Arnold. Uh, I can go through this pretty granularly, but uh, we do cut to, to Dolores running through the countryside into abandoned Escalante. She sees the church and enters. We cut back to her 35 years ago in the blue dress inside the church, and it's filled with the quote-unquote lunatics. Yes. That are hearing the voices in their heads. But yet somehow Dolores isn't disabled by that fact. She is somehow even... The bicameral system works for her. Are we meant to think that the church is kind of a waiting room? Like we chill here until we can get to you and diagnose what's wrong with you? Because they're not going to go anywhere? N- no. That's not how I took it. I took it as those are just the hosts that did not react well to the bicameral mind system i don't know that they're waiting to be diagnosed or anything like that maybe that's what it is maybe arnold would come up and pull them down and be like what do i gotta tweak here for it to work that kind of seems like what it is to me like the church the church is kind of symbolic of like a place of healing and uh that's true and it seems like a kind of a oh what does mave say mave says something about for or she says like our creator our jailer our jailer has a sense of she says, uh, 
He's got a keen sense of irony, our jailer, but I see the logic. It takes a thief to catch one. Was, was the yeah, so the that Ford definitely has displayed that a lot. Like yeah. he's he's kind of got some classic supervillain tropes about him where he just can't help himself. He's got to yeah. be clever. It's a little dad jokey. He's got to he's got to turn the island <laughs> into the shape of a skull because he's a bad guy, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and he he loves to monologue just like any good villain. Yep. But I think that it, it would make sense. Like they, he and he and Arnold would be sitting around in the office one night with some with some brandy, just talking about you know how are we gonna how are we gonna help sort out the hosts and be like oh we'll just make them want to go to the church and sit in pews and talk talk to God. They're waiting yeah. for their audience with God. Yeah, here he maybe, comes up the elevator and then maybe the programming on everybody else is to be like oh you know they're speaking in tongues we need to take them to the church exactly. Yeah. And it seems like the kind of thing where Arnold would. Arnold would try to find the practical application and say, we need a place. And Ford is kind of the, well, he's the storyteller. He's the one who would come up with the flourish and he would, he would find the kind of gross irony in it. Like, oh, they're sitting in the pews waiting, sitting in the confessional, waiting waiting to to talk to God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We do see Angela and Armistice in the church. I don't know if there are any other hosts in that, in the church that uh, could be recognized or not. Yeah, potentially. Um, Dolores sitting in the confession box, uh, heads down to a long hallway where we switch back to current day Dolores as she is in her new clothes with no cut on her. Uh, She sees lots of dead hosts strewn about in this long hallway. Uh, But then it switches back to Dolores 35 years ago in a lively area with hosts being tested. We see people playing poker. Rebus is there playing poker. We see Rebus. Yep. Good old Rebus. Uh, I did not get to see old Bill. Yeah, there's no old Bill yet. We Damn it. We don't get to see that pristine Michael Wincott anywhere as of yet. Give it to me. Yeah, we got to have it. Maybe maybe Michael Wincott is why. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> if uh. only. <laughs> um, and we do see uh, Peter Abernathy there in his first um, build where he is reciting... Um, Shakespeare, Shakespeare as the the professor who ends up being a cannibal, I believe was yep, yep. what we previously learned about him. Uh, as Dolores heads into Arnold's office, we see Arnold Weber on the door confirming the anagram. Uh, Bernard Lowe, Arnold Weber, and then uh, we do see Young Ford once again rush past Dolores into into Arnold's office. I didn't realize it was him at first. Yeah, he looks a little bit different. He looks even younger. Somebody put all the pictures of Ford side by side, and he looks even like or not younger, but he just he seems very different from the way that he looked in the previous. Yeah, maybe it's because we're not just getting a a close up of his face. Yeah, it's more of like his full body. Yeah, he's really slim. Um, but he say you hear him say to Arnold, "Now listen, this is beyond the pale. We are not seeing you are not seeing with clear eyes." Are the only words that we get of their conversation that they're having. Dolores heads down to the diagnostic room, and we see Arnold walk in, and he explains, "Oh, it's good to see you again." That kind of thing. Dolores followed the maze. She said she that she followed the lame, the the she followed the maze, and she wanted to find joy, but all she found was pain and terror, and she wants Arnold to help her. Arnold explains that he can't help her and asks her to remember why, and that's when Dolores remembers that she killed him. We said this. A while ago. Uh, that Dolores killed Arnold? Yeah. Yeah. We floated this theory a yeah. while back. Yeah, I think I think that was something that wasn't necessarily like... It's not a huge reveal, but... 
Oh, to some people it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think a, a lot of people really they they must have missed the scene where Dolores killed the fly in the first episode yeah. because they were thinking that these hosts are all restricted and they can't kill people unless they're Maeve. They yep. can't hurt people even. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that's kind of fuzzy with me of the not being able to hurt people, not being able to kill people. But we see people like Logan gets beat up by a bunch of guys. He gets interrogated. Uh, Teddy even shoots at the man in black uh, in the first episode. But then two episodes or last episode, he couldn't shoot. He, he wasn't able to kill the man in black. He couldn't shoot him when Angela told him to. So that thing's kind of hazy to me. And I wonder if we'll mm, get yeah, any. That's a good point. I wonder if we'll get any like clarification on that or if it's just kind of murky because it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know that there's much that we can comment on Dolores killing Arnold as of yet. Other than to say Teddy did have the line about Wyatt killing the general. Which yeah. could be Dolores killing Arnold. Arnold being a general of the of of Westworld, essentially. And Dolores is murder of arnold might it, it may have been an accident again yeah. again ford may be telling the truth and that dolores became self-aware like mave gained the power to control their hosts maybe teddy was her closest confidant their to- their stories seem to be intertwined yeah and she hauled arnold out in the street and killed him and then and then turned the gun on herself yeah and whether or not she turned the gun on herself intentionally or ford rolls up and says yo blow your head off and she does it there's precedent <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. it remains to be seen but it i'm I'm really digging the the idea that i i can't even trust my gut with ford yeah where i always think he's up to no good he's lying but he seems to be kind of he's it's right there yeah. for you to see he's he's like he's not he has no interest it doesn't it doesn't serve any purpose to for he's him to lie. the thing is i think he's lying by omission yeah, it's a difference of lying by omission rather than straight out lying to somebody. Of the idea, he's not telling you the whole story. True. That's that's why Bernard the whole time is like, I don't think you're telling me everything here. You really wanted to jump into a Jeffrey Wright impression just then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have one, but. Uh, and then the only other note with Dolores, she exits the lab below the church, and uh, she hears footsteps outside of the church, and she says William, and then the man in black enters, mm. and she's horrified by him. Yeah, either because she remembers him from she's now connecting the dots that he's William, or or she's just remembering that he attacked her and and, or whatever he did to her. Yeah, she's still my my one link for not thinking that the man in black is is William. Yeah, because there's he's so cold to her early on, and either it's because he kind of hates her. He could, re- I mean, it, that tracks that he resents her for causing him to fall in love with her, even though she's fake. And for for being the instrument of his obsession. Yeah. Like, she's kind of the catalyst for him going off the deep end and becoming a monster, yep. as he says. Uh, Which caused his wife to kill herself. Yeah, and there's obviously the parallels, like the, the can, her dropping the can and him picking it up both times. Yep. And saying I don't have time to fiddle around with you today, sort of thing. Yeah, there's some people online saying that they feel like her can meeting with Teddy is programmed off of William, but to me, I just felt like that's probably what she did. Like that was her. That was the Before end to William. meeting Dolores. Yeah, Before yeah. Before William, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know why some people think that that that's is her. Like that's her version of nailing up the wanted poster. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And it's a simple, elegant thing. 
yeah, uh-huh. I, I don't think very it, natural. I don't think there's that much. Yeah, and uh, of course that that would be a great determination of what kind of person you are right yep. off the bat. Do like, you help her? Or do you not? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's easy. It's like do you hold the door for someone you see coming? Yep. How long? How far away do they have to be? <laughs> it's like a whole career enthusiasm kind of. I thing. just had a dude today hold it open when I was clearly like 15 feet away from the door. Oh, 15 feet, I would do it. 50 feet. If if you're across the parking lot, I'd be kind of like, nah, you're. Uh, it was it was within the same little hallway, but I was like, I would not have hold, held the door for me at that point. <laughs> but anyway, see, you would not have picked up Dolores's cane. <laughs> You'd oh, well. miss out on the Dolores quest. Yep. Until until next time you're in the park. Yep. Which seems to consist of sitting by the river and painting a horse. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, there was also the the Judas steer. I was waiting for this. Yeah. Because she said in the first episode, as soon as she was talking She's about talking the Judas steer, I was like, "That's gonna matter." Yeah. So. <laughs> that's my character poster for this podcast. <laughs> that's gonna matter. The italicized. <laughs> that's gonna matter. That's good. The. So is is she the again Ford's sense of irony? She seems to have been the Judas steer back in the day. She she is probably the host that overrode her programming or whatever, and yep. could tell other hosts to do bad things mm-hmm. with their friends. And now it's Maeve. Yeah, potentially. I mean, there and the, uh, there, there's some uh, Joanna Robinson drew some connections with the fact that we had Dolores being helped by Teddy in 35 years ago, and that maybe now we have Maeve being helped by Hector, and that it seems to be a woman is the steer, and she has a very, you know, beautiful man to help her out, <laughs> essentially. As we spoke about Rodrigo Santoro and the, the pilot, that reminds me of uh, Parks and Recreation when there's that really old man on the board oh, god i don't remember exactly the, the scene i just know that he's he's the really super old guy that works for the for the city and he says something about the lady referring to rob Lowe. <laughs> and rob Lowe kind of looks at him with a puzzled look in front of the in front of the they're in the chambers gathered yeah. all the people he goes oh never mind it's just a very beautiful man <laughs> and, and all the other characters look puzzled and rob Lowe's kind of like oh he kind of smiles like that's nice well, that's what that's what uh, James Marsden and Rodrigo Santoro definitely. Are. They're more than that, but they're also that. Uh, so, so that's an interesting parallel. If that Judas Steer thing, like clearly, that's a theme that they're playing with. I mean, it's kind of, and I'm not holding, I'm not knocking the show, but it's kind of well worn territory that powerful, intelligent. Uh, women in in media and and even like villainous women especially will uh recruit men to help them do the things they can yeah and and manipulate them use a man's weakness for you know yeah companionship essentially yeah whether whether good intentioned or not yeah like dolores that's kind of dolores's story in the the show is to kind of you know or in westworld it's kind of uh you know charm charm men into helping her with stuff yeah is fine oh it's cool i think uh, that is a cool parallel totally hector i wonder if there's more the scene with hector in the safe and everything reminded me of the greyhound story like hector's pursuing this safe so hard and he gets a hold of it guess what it's just nothing in there it's just an empty safe what are you going to do now you know she's and she kind of says what do you want to do do you want to go back to it or do you want to take the take the red pill yeah yeah and die in a fire Yeah, no, that's, I mean, they're one of many greyhounds in the show. Yeah, Hector. no doubt. Um, in a way, all the hosts, they have loops. 
Yeah. They're always going to end the same way for the most part. All right. Uh, anything Bernard, else? We find out. Oh, I assume we're going to talk about Bernard. Bernard is the, yeah. the final thing on the docket. Uh, so Bernard, he confronts Ford for the whole truth in cold storage, which is great. Uh, we did get a little thing here. <laughs> what? what? We're, we're just like mere mere feet away from old bill and we can't get him in the episode yeah, yeah i know i was like oh my god are we gonna see old bill again yeah he's within arm's reach <laughs> sadly nope old bill comes and wrestles up bernard to the ground <laughs> oh god that would have been so cool they have to fight <laughs> like, like godzilla and king kong <laughs> oh, god i want that um just battle bots <laughs> Ford says an odd conversation, uh, odd setting for a conversation here among the dead. Bernard says dead isn't quite the word though; it's more like is it more like har- hobbled? Mm-hmm. So th- that I still don't quite get how hosts work at all. No one does. <laughs> I don't know how you like they have to lobotomize them, but does that mean whenever they get shot in the head that they need to replace like the most expensive parts of the host? Like I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know that they. Are all the ones down there lobotomized is my question. I don't think so. I think that they might be de... I guess it depends. The, I, I, when, they stick, when they stick Abernathy down there and they decommission them, uh, I guess I never necessarily took it as a, as a final destination. I think I, he got lobotomized though, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he does get lobotomized in that pilot, but I can't, I can't remember. He might... I, I don't... Maybe they do order it. We just don't see it because I yeah. don't think we've we've no, maybe we have, maybe they do. I thought we see it before Clementine. Yeah, maybe we do. Now maybe I'm thinking. Uh, maybe maybe we only see it with. Um, it could be right. Maybe we only see it with Walter. Hmm. But I'm not. Sh- I'm pretty certain that I we think do you see are it. right now. I'm starting to recall. So either way, uh, yeah, I don't know if they just keep them down there and then just in case they want to. You know, wrestle, yeah they're like oh we need five more for the storyline real quick or we need to we need to sub out yeah someone so bring them up and i mean maybe the lobotomy process is a way of just absolutely destroying the the hard drive that was there minus like the base functions required it's like even when you're when your hard drive is fragmented or something you can still start your computer and then See, navigate then, options from there but then even charlotte comes down to grab one of them because she knows that they can hold the the data that they want to smuggle out of the park. Yeah. So I don't... That's all very nebulous, too, to me. I mean, maybe... Lobo- yeah, I don't know, because we do kind of see, like, a drill go up into their nose. Yeah. I was thinking maybe lobotomy was just kind of a, just a, a term. Yeah. No. For, for what's happening. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe don't there's... Know. Whatever. We can keep guessing, but yep. it's, it's not going to matter, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, so they have a conversation down at cold storage. Bernard uses Clementine to essentially hold a gun to Ford. Because her prime directives weren't reset. Uh, and she can still shoot Ford at his command. At Bernard's command. Don't put Ford in a corner. Nope. Don't put baby in a corner. So Bernard wants to experience all of his past memories. We get little things like Charlie dying and saying everything that everything is what isn't even me. It was his question that he says. Uh, we get to see Bernard speaking with his wife. Which glitches into a picture of Ford. <laughs> that actually that made me chuckle. It was funny. Well, and that so so the thing that I wondered about seeing all these memories that were part of Bernard's cornerstone, speaking with Arnold's wife and seeing Arnold's child, if that's what they were, we see 
several points in these memories where Bernard is able to kind of like freeze the people in it. And even at that point, we see we see a scene of him in the hospital asking all of the people to leave, essentially commanding all the all the people to leave like their hosts. And so part of me wondered if that was like Ford literally recreated these moments for Bernard in order to make him into Arnold. Oh, you're saying actually built hosts in a hospital room and made him live it. Made rather him than live just, it rather than just pop it into his head. Yes, and then and then I and like I guess to me the scene of him uh, that that we see that glimpse of Ford in in Bernard or Arnold's wife made me think that Ford had the ability to play Bernard's or Bernard's wife whenever Bernard felt the need to go and speak to her. Probably. Yeah. I mean, we know that he's programmed to not see things or see things as we would. Instead of a door, he sees a wall. Yeah. Instead of a picture of him, <laughs> he just sees a picture of uh, um, Ford and his, yep. and his old man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that that's definitely how I took it, that it was Ford sitting behind the computer and, and talking to him. Through the yeah. Screen, which is, that to me is like the the creepiest thing that Ford does. Like that, that's definitely another... Le- you don't need to do that. You're going out of your way to... He could have just programmed Bernard to never need that communication. Right. Uh, you're you're definitely doing something for your own satisfaction at that point because yeah. either you are just scientifically curious how you, you would... Ford definitely gets a... He gets a pleasure out of watching them play at being human, mm-hmm. I think. It's definitely his kind of... Part of his God complex, I think. Yeah. So that 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 to he's me he's playing is, the Sims. That, yeah, kind <laughs> of his own like nasty version. Yeah, that to me is kind of the really the sickest thing that Ford does because he doesn't need to do that. No. He's he's definitely taking a page out of Arnold's book and going the extra mile that he doesn't have to go. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I guess he is first and foremost a he's he's a scientist, not just a, a capitalist. Well, so. and part of part of me is like kind of gives it to him in the sense that you, I feel like he went through those painstaking that painstaking effort to recreate his best friend, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a little, a little twisted. Yeah. And we still, we don't know if Charlie and Gina Torres were actual figures in Arnold's life or if they're based on them. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't know that level of detail. Well, I think we might. Cause if, if we take any scene where we see Bernard, who is probably Arnold and Dolores in her clothing talking if we take those as conversations between Dolores and Arnold, mm-hmm. Arnold does bring Charlie up to her. Oh, okay. So we know that he had a son named Charlie. Or a we daughter don't know, named Charlotte. Maybe. But we don't know that they died necessarily. Yeah. We know that we also know that his personal life was marked by tragedy, according to Ford. Yeah, that's true. But we don't know the details of those things. So Yeah, and they could be they could be based on them for sure. Yeah. We know we definitely know Ford's line to Dolores about uh, you know when she says are we are we old friends and he says no and there's we talked about this too we kind of yeah. said it's because she killed Arnold yep. or or she did something bad yeah and he that is why her loop exists the way it does to pretty much just get raped in the barn all the time because yeah. he's pissed at her it definitely suggests his his real his real love for Arnold Arnold was his best friend and his partner and he wants him back yeah so he does kind of go the extra mile to kind of help flesh him out. Because we do at the end of the scene, he kind of says like, "I, I wanted to see if we could make this thing work, yeah. sort of, and it's not gonna." So yeah, 
Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and we also see that Bernard strangled Elsie, and Ford kind of brings him out and attempt to lure him back to his normal function. And be like, okay, we went through this. Let's go back to what we were doing. Back to the story. Yep. Yeah. That didn't quite work. Uh, then we see Bernard actually learn that he has, he is Arnold. Uh, he gets to see Charlie's death again. As he said, he gets to pause the hosts and move him out of there. Uh, we do cut back to the flashback of Maeve killing herself and Bernard questions it of like, this doesn't make any sense. And Ford kind of tries to sweep it under the rug of like, well, animals do things to mm-hmm. kind of preserve, you know, that Organ- organisms. Yeah. Says, yeah. And then Bernard's like, yeah, but those are living things. She is not. Mm-hmm. And then he like airs out the same way that Abernathy does in the pilot, and uh, which is very interesting. And that causes him to do it in present day as well. Um, but we do get some voiceover where Ford says, The human mind, Bernard, is not some golden benchmark glimmering on some green and distant hill. No, it is a foul, pestilent corruption, and you were supposed to be better than that. Pure. Which I thought was a very interesting line. Almost... Similar to the way that Dolores talks about how this world was created for them, the pure, pure like she, when 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 she's talking with Logan after getting stabbed, she remarks to Logan that the you vile people are spreading across this land that was meant for us by Arnold. Mm-hmm. There's a connection there, yeah, I think. Definitely, but it's it's weird because it's like two different sides of the. It's like Ford knows that humans are terrible, but he can't help it, and we can't end humans because, like, by the function of the robots. Whereas Arnold wants that to happen, maybe. I don't know, or Arnold isn't even thinking about that; he's just curious about what's going on. Yeah, I would say kind of a bit of both. I don't know if Arnold wanted the extermination of the human race, but yeah, he probably wanted a place where these beings could live you know peaceably peace, and, peacefully and yeah. potentially in a way harmoniously with humans yeah but it's very this show is so much like fallout for sometimes <laughs> especially with the massive inclusion of, of all of the uh all of the the you know, what are they called in fallout all the robots since the since yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and the synth imagery yeah i don't know how much fallout you've played how much fallout for i you've saw a little bit of the institute Okay, but so you didn't get that far. No, I I, I played through two. I mean, you got far. You, you got. I'm sure you sunk 150 hours <laughs> into the game. But yeah, you didn't. You didn't quite complete the story. Which yet. is okay. interesting because I feel like Fallout was under wraps when the pilot of the show was shot. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying that they they, but, they but took anything. But, but it's crazy how close they are. You don't even know. No. <laughs> <We haven't> even, <laughs> you haven't played uh, played the DLC either. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I love Fallout Four and I love the synths. Yeah, and the I guess we don't we don't have to talk about the game very much. But it, it, yeah. yeah, you should. We could. We could actually. We could have a crossover episode of the Game Nerds. That'd be good. We could talk about this. That'd be good. I, I've been trying to convince them to watch the show. I, I was just thinking. Oh yeah, they would love it. I was just thinking about how this, how in in science, or I'm sorry, in a lot of this fiction and fiction like this, scientists are frequently the bad guys. 
even though we in our world, in our real world, scientists are are what we look to all the time to make things better and yeah. help cure things. And that, but in fiction, for a long time, science scientists and and scientific minded people with curiosity are generally the bad guys because yeah. they're the ones that don't listen to reason and they get us in over our head and they bring King Kong to New York and ruin things for everybody else. Science officer Ash and aliens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. And he's a product of science. Yep. So it's, you know, where the snake's eating its own tail at that point. <laughs> but Fallout really, the Fallout games, scientists have frequently been, I usually never side with them because they are this kind of scientist where yeah. they're, they're bad. Yep. They, they take it too far and they don't, they lose sight of, of human life. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that Dr. Manhattan thing where they have to be reminded of why human life is so precious. And Ford is almost on that teetering point where he's, he need, he, he's not like, he's not like the way Arnold kind of seems to be where Arnold's like, humans don't need him. Yeah. And maybe that's because of Arnold's personal life being tragic. Maybe that, that was, that was his Dolores, his tipping point into, into madness. Yeah. Like William seems to experience, but you know, Ford, I think Ford still knows that he, humans are the ones who actually get to experience the stories. And so while he may think that the hosts are the nice, pure, beautiful race that gets to leave the better life, humans are the ones that get to feel emotions and experience stories. And yeah. he definitely kind of has that jaded, angry director syndrome where he makes great works of art for people, for the notion that people can experience them, but he hates the people who come and do it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Ford. Yeah. So great. Absolutely. Um, we do get to see another younger Ford, but I think it's just makeup. I don't know if there's any digital enhancement. He's like slightly to it. younger. Yeah, it's like they've smoothed out smoothed out some of his wrinkles and things. He's also like older that. than he was in the flashback. So, yeah. So Bernard seems like he's not that old. Bernard, I don't know. I think Bernard could be anywhere Maybe between like, thirty years ago and oh, Ford's a lot older though. That, and that's he's the thing. Definitely, like that's on his way thing. of being an old man. Yeah. So it, it it could just be only ten years ago. And he remarks that Arnold's been gone for a long time. I would say I would say ten years is about my bet. Yeah. Five to ten. Yeah. But we don't know enough about the park either, because Bernard he seems to have implied that Bernard helps accelerate the development of the hosts quite a bit. Yeah. So his creation of Bernard, Bernard's kind of his like ultimate three D printer who helps him make more of them and make them better. Yeah. And he even says, like, I, I actually stole some of your ideas and, and some things from you. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. He's kind of like Ultron, actually. Again, because yeah. we're kind of going with this thing where he he is what Ant-Man creates to help him. And Ultron ends up creating the Vision, who is a bad guy, but then ends up becoming a good guy. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and do we do finally get to see that photo from episode two mm-hmm. with... Uh, with Ford and his host father or father, but probably host father. And then Bernard or Arnold is there on the right. Yeah. They really drew that out. In they this did. Episode. Also they with did. the door with Dolores taking forever to get to that. I was kind of like, okay, yep. guys, we know we yep. all know at this point. And if you don't know yeah. that, cause I was waiting for them to show the photo in the same spot that they did in episode two, uh-huh. but they don't. And I was like, Oh, are they going to hold it out again? <laughs> but, but Just we the do Dennis Nedry pops up going, uh, 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 <laughs> And then the final uh, thing that we that we see happen is Ford essentially orders Bernard to kill himself. Um, we do get that great line, the piano doesn't murder the player if it doesn't like the music, which I think is 
haunting and terrifying and good and weird. Back to, back to the the uh, player piano from yep. the opening credits. Here, here we are. Yep. Um, but Bernard basically comes out of this whole experience being like, I want to continue Arnold's work. Uh, he realizes that Ford and him have had this conversation several times before. Um, Ford explains that humans would destroy the hosts if they knew of their sentience and how dangerous they were. Bernard tries to kill Ford with Clem, but Ford ends up using Arnold's back door to disable Clem and then force Bernard to kill himself. Um, and he goes back to that really cold. He says the narrative language, and he refers to him in the third person. All that, like it's, yep, it's sad. Yeah, in the same way that Maeve has been doing it to direct other yep. people. Um, and we saw Sizemore do it too last week with with his Wyatt that he thought he was making. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Bernard calls Ford Robert, and some people noted it. Like it's it's a very like it makes. Ford stopping his tracks because he like it's Bernard is using Arnold's emotion. Even his voice sounded a little bit different. Yeah. It's it's a very different sounding. It's a very distinct Robert. And because he calls him Ford all the time, mm-hmm. you know, the first time that we hear him say Robert really is this moment. Mm-hmm. And Ford turns around and is like essentially you know, I wanted this to be different, but it's not. And then yeah, it's walks sad. away. It's, it's a very a, sad moment. It's a sad, very sad moment. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a bummer because, and even Bernard says, if you knew, if we've had this conversation, why did you let me do this? And it's almost in parallel to Teddy where Ford's kind of like, I thought you were ready, but I guess not. Yeah. And that to me reminded me a lot of like when you watch a movie and you get so in, like enraptured into it that you're like, maybe this time it'll be different. Maybe this is the time that that thing doesn't happen that causes the rest of the movie to occur. <laughs> but it happens anyway. You know? I really, uh, I really like the shades of memento here again. Because mm-hmm. obviously it's the thing, there's this scene between. Uh, Guy Pearce and Mark Boone Jr. when he's talking and he kind of looks at him, he kind of gets tipped off by something in Mark Boone Jr.'s face and he says, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Yep. And he just goes, oh, I'm sorry, man. It's just so weird. <laughs> and, and and Teddy, how many murders has Teddy covered up for Leonard? Spoilers for Memento. Yeah. Shit. God, I hope I didn't just spoil Memento. Everybody, ever like, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you haven't seen Memento, shame on you. Watch the movie. <laughs> oh That's your bicameral mind speaking. Yes. Watch the movie. Watch Memento. <laughs> it's it's just a it's really cool that I like that Christopher has a lot of his a lot of his Nolanisms that he embeds in a lot of his movies, things that he likes to recycle and repeat a lot. And I like that Jonathan kind of keeps coming back to Memento in little ways. Yeah. And this this that moment in that scene really affected me when he when Bernard realizes that they've this has happened more than once. Yep. This revelation, this mind, yeah, th- this absolute reality-shattering revelation. He's had this this breakthrough that human beings will never have, or at least not anytime soon. And as remarkable and profound as it is, it just gets whoop, just yep. reset. Like how 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 much despair would that throw you into on so many levels? Like Jeffrey Wright's performance is fantastic, but I feel like they almost didn't even take quite enough advantage of how, of what they could have because how much must be racing through his mind in this moment yeah 
it's it's horrifying yeah and it's such a bummer it's so sad absolutely and it's funny because i don't i don't really fault ford because at the end of the day he's he is the human mm-hmm. and he wants to he wants to create this thing but it's just not it he i can empathize with every character in this in this scenario Bernard is obviously going through something horrible, but Ford is this old man who has been trying to crack this nut for a very long time, and he might be facing the fact that he never will, and he's just focused on this last story. Yep. Which I think is something pretty massive. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I kind of have an idea of what it is. Oh, yeah? I don't know. Do you want to pause it? I mean, this is your last week to do it if you want to put it on record. I don't know if it's something that's going to come to pass in season one, though. I don't know. Well, okay. So, mm. Arnold. Well, okay, okay. I guess. Do we have any, well, we got to finish the episode. Though. Well, and that's essentially, that's essentially the end of it. You know. Do I, you think? Do you think Bernard's dead? You think he's gone? I think Bernard is dead, but I don't know that that means that. I mean, I think Maeve realized that he would be a good tool for her. Yeah. And so I don't know that when she's like back in. And when she wakes up with Hector, whether or not she's going to try and seek him out and figure out what happened, and then maybe she has a way to... Well, maybe it, she can use Felix and S- Sylvester to patch up Bernard. Ooh. That would be interesting. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. It would be it would be kind of cool if he was, because it would give the show some serious momentum. Yes. Momentum, momentum. Momentum. But it... Jeez. I think it's I think it's a very beautiful, tragic story arc that if they leave it be It's Shakespeare. It's beautiful. Like yeah. It's yeah. so I guess we'll see what they do. I, I at this point I I would almost rather they just leave it be. Yeah. My my gut tells me to just to just leave it be and, and let it let the cycle end because Ford even says that earlier in the series that, you know, even humans live in loops. Yeah. We live in cycles. And uh maybe this is just the end of, of Bernard's loop and like the thing to me is that i if this feels different to me like it feels like ford acknowledges that like this is never gonna yeah he is he has outstripped his usefulness to me i'm leaving him here for somebody to discover that bernard is dead exactly that's kind of how i thought too it's almost his his arranging the scene in the way that uh cullen was was found out in the park yeah but why would bernard also, you know, what's inside of his head? <laughs> is it, yeah. are they that real that they're going to be like, oh, there's brain everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. seems, it seems risky to leave Bernard down there for some curious uh, autopsy person to go through and go, whoa. Yeah. Oh, he's got one of these things. In he's him. a host. Yeah. Uh-oh. He's got that thing we lobotomize out of all of them in him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that I really wanted to say in terms of, uh, that discovery i feel like we've been working towards it and we're here and uh Mm -hmm. i'm excited to see what happens next week but man i am too i thought i was excited last week for this week and now this week i'm excited for next week yeah so uh i want nick to talk about what he thinks ford's got going on but before i do all that i want to give everybody the opportunity to stop listening if you don't potentially want something these aren't spoilers because they're not necessarily informed by anything particular uh so from here on out if you want to pause and end the show and not hear something that could come to be a spoiler then then stop here uh we love you thank you for listening feedback can go to westworldfm at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter westworldfm and yeah that's all i need to say but nick 
What do you think Ford's Ford's end game is? Well, this isn't like this isn't super well thought out or anything. I thought about it on the way over here. Yeah. Um, And now that (laughs) it's a bad time to say this, but I just got done watching the episode. (laughs) I haven't had time to to really think and let anything marinate. So I hope this episode was better than last week's. I felt like last week I was kind of lacking. I thought I I felt that I was too. And and so I don't, you know, but we did say that last week felt like a lot of just transitionary just connective tissue. It it, it was happened. A lot of connective tissue to different things that didn't necessarily flow. Right. So, uh, it was Pasco collect two hundred dollars. We weren't. We weren't. Yeah. Lining up. We were working property. towards the cascade of this week, uh-huh. essentially. Uh, so, and and you can totally correct me if I'm wrong, but Ford Ford is aware of the maze. He is aware of the maze, <laughs> in terms of its. I think. I think Ford might think that the maze is a real place still and and not know that the maze is a place in your heart where you become <laughs> a human. Yeah. And when Dolores comes and talks to Arnold and says, I found the maze and it didn't bring me anything good. It just brought me just despair Pain and despair. Yeah. It seems like Maeve, you know, not maybe not all hosts are created equal. So Maeve hits the maze and she becomes this manipulative, she becomes this like uber human kind of. And Dolores seems to just kind of get sad and not want to realize her potential. She she may feel the human spectrum of emotion, but she focuses more on, on the sadness and doesn't use it as a motivator per se. At least as far as that we've, we see. And maybe she does... I guess the question is when she says to Arnold, I found the maze and all it did was bring me, it didn't bring me joy. Is she saying that in the past or is she saying that in the present? And Arnold is saying to her, well, you know, I can't help you because I'm dead. That's what's hard. That's what doesn't make sense to me is that I wondered if that was a, like to me, that scene plays out as if Arnold came down there to have this conversation with her to trigger her in the future to do something like well, it, it felt like a she comes down there and sits in the chair because he's really excited to see her and he says you came back yeah which to, i took as all this time has passed and you've come back 30, 30, 35 years yeah. later 30 how years great later. you came back yeah. what's up oh the maze help me out sorry dude you killed me so she's just you. now finally she finally had had traveled the maze like you're saying that even 30 years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she didn't hit the maze because 30 years ago she didn't. She couldn't go back into the church. She couldn't talk to Arnold because it was buried. Right. So this is this is uncharted territory for Dolores. I think so. I think Dolores has potentially, unless she still doesn't know what the maze is, unless she thinks the maze is that place where the orgy was going on and the. She was getting her... T- oh, no, that was 30 years ago, though, where she was getting her... Although, no, it was probably both, where she was looking at the fortune teller with the cards and all that. Yeah. That could have been... Oh, that was in uh, uh, Pariah? That was in Pariah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I have to watch that scene again. Yeah, me too. But... That was probably happening in both timelines simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, my kind of theory with Escalante being exhumed by ford and restored to its former glory 
either he's kind of tired and he's and he's he's wanting all this shit to to be over mm-hmm. but it does feel like he has kind of set all of these people on this path to show down at Escalante and if other hosts are becoming sentient and running out of control which it seems kind of like Angela might be Maeve clearly is but Ford's not aware of it unless he is and and he's even more of a baller than we think yeah it feels to me almost like he is he is setting up all he's using Escalante as like a honeypot in a way. And all these hosts are that are off their loops that are becoming self-aware, et cetera, et cetera. They're all going to come there and he's basically luring them into a place. We can get them all into one place and either nuke them from orbit, so to speak, or, or try to. And that some people have been saying that online, that, that it's essentially his way to catch those. Yeah. Those hosts. It feels, it feels like he's definitely, welcoming them back there yeah and he has been setting certain things in motion to to ensure that people wind up there even the man in black which is interesting because i wonder what he has to gain from the man in black winding up there yeah but it fords ford seems involved in every stage of the show pretty much which I think is maybe something that I really love about him. I was actually really thinking that he was going to get axed in that Me too. scene. And I was like, this better not happen. <laughs> I would have been pissed because he has so much more left to do. He's such a great character. But I, I'm, I'm continually impressed by how he manages to have his his hands in everything and always have the upper hand. And like fool me, fool me once, fool me twice. Like they just keep doing it where I keep thinking he's in danger or he doesn't have the upper hand or he doesn't have the power in the conversation. And then he does. And it's great. Joanna Robinson posited that Maeve is Ford is aware of Maeve, and uh, and and I essentially was like, well, that kind of makes sense because then any of the caveats of like, you know, all these fail safes should have caught her. There should be people seeing her on the cameras. Like there should be record of what Felix and Sylvester are doing. If he's aware of it, he can make it all go away. And if he's aware of it. All is forgiven in my mind in terms of the writing of the show because it it did and we even said it kind of crossed a line where we were like okay this yeah. just got bonkers like part of me wonders if he's going to use Maeve to kill the board. <laughs> well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> it seems Maeve just becomes his weapon. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like like he he's clearly aware that he's got this like fight going on with the board and he know like he probably knows that Charlotte wants to get rid of him. And so maybe he's employing her for that. But I don't know. I don't have any real solid evidence to that. So it would be interesting if Felix and Sylvester were both hosts. Yeah. And they, were, good. they were Ford's eyes and ears. Yeah. That's well now. And, and now that we know he can create them and implant them in his organization and a, nobody knows and B, they don't know and C, they're capable of extraordinary things. Anybody, Anybody. Is, is is suspect at this point, except for Cullen. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, that would be cool, I think, if he was aware of. For some reason, it should be boring. Ford's omnipotence should be boring, and I should be sick of it, but I'm so not. I'm, I'm interested to see if there is something that he truly is not aware of. Like, if that, if that moment with young Ford about Jack was him realizing that these sentient hosts are a bigger problem than he realized. And that, that could very well be the case no matter what. And he, I mean, 
just because he's old doesn't mean he doesn't care and doesn't mean he's inept. Yeah. He could have quickly seen that and said, you know, cracked his knuckles, rolled up his sleeves, dusted off the old tablet and been <laughs> like, all right, time to dig in and fix some shit. Figure out what's going and on. Let me let me check out contingency plan D subfolder <laughs> H column Q line <laughs> four. What to do in this event? Because the whole the whole web one single host is so complex, let mm-hmm. alone an entire park full of them and an entire park that can support them. For Ford to get tripped up by something like that feels like I, it wouldn't sit well with me. I don't know yeah. if I would digest it. And that's why maybe that's part of the reason I enjoy where Ford's at is because I'm kind of relieved to think that someone is is able to still retain control of these things. Yeah. Because I even thought, I was like, oh shit, Bernard's going to... Clementine's gonna kill him like Bernard thinks he's got the one up I thought he did I was like that's sneaky and then no and I was so relieved I was like oh thank god I would would rather see Bernard blown his head off than see Ford's plan get foiled (laughs) at least this early yeah if in season two or three Ford gets his comeuppance that would be more satisfying but right now he has so much potential and and it's so much just it's so much fun to just watch him absolutely Anthony Hopkins is so good and Ford is such a such a fun character that it would just be kind of a drag yeah. <laughs> to lose him this soon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But anyway, that's that's kind of I kind of almost think Ford Ford is aware of the maze. He doesn't know quite what it is, but he's going to bend it to his will. Yeah, like he kind of does everything else in the park. That's entirely possible. And I think that's kind of his new story. Either his new story is season two, and it's Roman world or something, which would be nuts. <laughs> Or future yeah. world, yeah. Or it's something to do with the ho- his new story is for the hosts. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Next the- week, ninety minutes apparently. The episode. That's what oh, I thank heard. God. I think Evan Rachel Wood said it's going to be ninety. That's minutes. awesome. I was just thinking today. I'm like, man, they can't do all this shit in sixty minutes. Because <laughs> this episode, it was like it was. I, I checked how much time was left because I was concerned about you know recording and everything. And it was like 25 minutes into the episode. And I was like, oh, we're good. Yeah. And then it felt like f- six minutes later it was over. Yeah. It just The latter half of the episode just burned by. And I was like, oh, my gosh, an hour is not enough time. Absolutely. So we shall see. Uh, once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're Westworld FM on Twitter. And you can email us, WestworldFM at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Please check them all out at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. And that's it for our episode this week. We are clearly very episode, uh, very excited for the next episode, and we have another episode of our podcast coming out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber. <laughs>